Welcome to Medical Sales Live, the number one resource for breaking into medical sales and building your career. TJ, welcome to Medical Sales Live. We're really thrilled to have you on here this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. TJ, why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about yourself kind of prior to Boston Scientific, maybe a little bit about your collegiate background and work experience before you uh, joined BSC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for uh, college, I went to Northwestern on a football scholarship, um, went from a scout team player to a team captain, and then immediately following that, I walked on and played one year of basketball, which was a, a dream come true. For me, I always wanted to say that I was a two-sport athlete, even though basketball was a little bit more uh, of a cheerleading experience for me because I didn't play very much. Uh, beyond that, I got drafted in the first round um, out of school uh, by J&J in the pharmaceutical industry. So I did something other than sports um, after uh, college, and that started off my healthcare journey. Um, after four or five years with J&J, I got my first medical device job in the aesthetic industry selling a device called Cool Sculpting, um, $100,000 piece of equipment. Um, got to work with plastic surgeons and dermatologists, and then from there, after learning how to sell capital, I actually got on with Stryker Interventional Spine, um, and that's the space that I've been in for more than a decade now. And what I love about what we get to do in the interventional pain space is essentially uh, we help doctors who I consider to be heroes address and fight chronic pain uh, for people who are suffering, and it, they deserve a solution that's going to give them their lives back. So that leads me to where we are today. Um, I'm with um, Boston Scientific. We got acquired. Um, Vertiflex got acquired. That's a company that I joined about three years ago and been a part of the neuromodulation sales force. So we offer Vertiflex as well as spinal cord stimulation, radio frequency, and then deep brain stimulation. And those products are really uh, designed around how the brain processes pain um, and function. Wow, TJ, that is uh, sincerely an amazing story and uh, life experience thus far. What would you say that you know, as you went through that that college experience and prior to and pharmaceutical experience prior to joining Stryker, now Boston Scientific, what would you say that um, some of the experiences that were most influential in your you know preparation and success today in the device world? Uh, the biggest challenge that I would say is anytime you get into a new arena or a new environment, there's a, a period where you don't know who you are um, as an individual in comparison to who you want to be in the space. So you start to figure out what is it that my goal was when I got here and how do I fit into that picture right now. And initially it's tough because we don't know what all the plays are. We don't know all of our teammates. We don't know all of our coaches. And in the medical device arena, the same, we don't know all the customers. How can you know all the customers if it's your first uh, day on the job, your first time being a medical device rep? So when we put in the time, what ends up happening, we get to mimic some of the best in the business, but then we learn what makes us the best that we can possibly be. So I took that same uh, strategy and skill set into this arena of medical device and really learned that the job is really about helping people. And if you can help people, then you can get rewarded uh, from a financial standpoint, but the benefit of seeing somebody be able to spend time with their family at Christmas or over the summer, um, see a grandmother or grandfather be able to spend more time with their grandkids, 
that's something that everyone can relate to uh, when they think about their own families. So it really becomes about how can I be the best uh, version of myself to help others. Greatness just does not just happen. And greatness is something that great leaders foster within their teams. So with that as a backdrop, tell me about the skills and attributes that you look for in salespeople and then how you coach and develop them to bring out the best in those individuals once they're on your team. Yeah, John, well, the number one thing I'm looking for is confidence. Um, the confidence that somebody believes that they can do it. And if they have the confidence that they believe that they can do it, they should be able to define exactly what that looks like. Um, for example, the top people that I just highlighted, from a goal standpoint, they said that they wanted to be the top in the company. From a service standpoint, they also said that they wanted the people on their team to perform at a high level and they wanted to make sure that they gave them the resources and the support to do that. And it takes a great deal of confidence to tell um, a colleague um, or a manager that that's what you intend to do because that's how you're going to be evaluated. The next piece is accountability. You don't necessarily have to tell that person how they uh, fare in relationship to their performance to others. They're going to tell you. Um, this is where I'm coming up short. Are there any things that you think that I should be implementing uh, to change this outcome? Confidence, um, accountability, and then the last piece is willingness to switch and pivot um, their plan. Because if the goal is truly to get to the destination, sometimes that GPS system has to send you on a, a different route than maybe you planned initially. So those would be the, uh, the three things. I would say confidence, accountability, and then willingness to pivot. Uh, those, are, those are great attributes for sure. In fact, when, um, when students actually come through Medical Sales College, we, we teach a proprietary sales process that is called Dynamic Consultative Selling Process, okay, DCS. And one of the pillars, and I think foundational pr principles of DCS is knowledge, confidence, and passion. So first we build the foundation with knowledge and, and teach them you know, the clinical attributes and, and the, the principles of selling. Once an individual has that, they begin to build that confidence just like you speak of. And as they grow in that confidence, that passion begins to shine through and they're able to demonstrate that to customers um, and to really articulate that and, and facilitate that goal of helping patients um, throughout their geographies. Is, is that similar to what you prescribe and, and what you really profess as a leader of your team? Yeah, and I probably skipped a couple steps because that confidence comes from, you've already put in the work. Um, once you get into this uh, healthcare space, you've passed a variety of tests. You've probably um, come from a background where you've prepared, whether it's medical sales college or another medical device uh, job or in the healthcare industry at large. So if you've seen it and you can effectively mimic what it is that you want to be day in and day out, now it's taking coaching, holding yourself accountable to that. And then from there, if something's not working and you've tried it and you've taking feedback on it and it's not working, okay, now we need to pivot. So the biggest thing that I could tell you from my sales career early on, I noticed that I did very, very good with doctors who were outgoing um, and drivers, because that mimics who I am. So I could 
get that doctor uh, to really relate to me. But analytical doctors, I maybe struggled a little bit there. So the feedback that I had to take was that, hey, you need to be able to sell four or five different ways depending on your audience. So if it's someone that's analytical, you need to be able to get them the facts, allow them to evaluate it, and wait. Give them some time. Not everything has to be um, at lightning speed. So as I got that uh, in my tool belt, it changed my trajectory and it changed my sales results. And now as a, as a manager, I look for where someone's strengths are and try to point out, hey, you know you're really, really good at that. Because some people are unaware what makes them uh, dynamic. So I try to point out where people are great and share resources on uh, where they can have an opportunity to improve. Uh, the other thing that I'll say is uh, the first sign of a great leader is somebody that can lead themselves. So a big part of it uh, for me, um, even in, um, if I get from a personal standpoint, I got to first be able to take accountability and have confidence in my ability to uh, create the results or model the, the excellence that I want to see. So that's the first step. And if you have reps that do that naturally, then it makes my job, it makes my job easier. I'm sure LeBron James has a coach, but the way he approaches the game day to day, it makes that coach's job much easier that he's going to bring his personal best um, each and every day. And you can say that for, for a variety of um, individuals across multiple fields, that, that they're great. They, they showed up that way. And what we get to witness is the results. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, TJ, tell me, as you know, over your career, I'm sure you've, especially in this role as a regional sales, sales director, you've had many people come and ask you, hey, I want to be just like you, TJ. I want to get into medical device sales. What counsel, what, uh, what do you offer them and what do you suggest to them to succeed and to, to reach that goal of theirs? And a lot of it would depend, John, on um, what their background is. So someone that is brand new, fresh, uh, straight out of college, what I would tell them is your network is going to be very critical uh, to you knowing about the opportunities that make sense. In so many instances, we need someone to say, hey, take a look at this person. If I think back to getting out of uh, college, I was finishing up my master's degree at Northwestern and looking at different careers. I actually ended up meeting uh, the brother-in-law of the manager that became my first, or the manager for my first job in pharmaceuticals. Um, the brother-in-law said, hey man, you interested in, in sales, right? I got an opportunity for you. It's in pharmaceuticals, you, you should check it out. And in my heart, I'm like, well, I don't wanna do the same job as my mom. And my mom's been a pharmaceutical rep for 20 plus years. Well, I call up my mom, who's, again, she's in my network. Hey mom, I got this opportunity to sell this drug called uh, Asifex. She starts laughing. I'm like, mom, why are you laughing? She's like, you know, if you were selling that drug in Detroit, you'd have to live at home because I sell Nexium. Anyway, here are the questions that you asked for your interview. So she broke it down. Um, she told me five questions to ask. Those five questions separated me from any candidate um, that they were interviewing for this entry-level role because I had someone with a decade of experience um, being able to break down that was actually in the space that I, would, that I was getting into. So network is key because they can give you uh, insights to what matters. Because there's a lot of information out there, but only a small percentage matters from, from an interview perspective. 
So that's for somebody coming straight out of college. Somebody middle of their career, again, we'd go back to network so that you have somebody to refer you to these roles, to the roles that make sense. Um, and those are the, the biggest um, steps that I see people miss. A lot of people apply where I tell them, hey, you wanna get referred. You wanna be a part of the tribe, talk to as many people as you can uh, to build your network, get referred, and then you have uh, a tribe of people rooting for you and giving you hints. You got a GPS telling you where the end uh, destination is. Yeah, I think one of the things that I really inferred from what you're just saying is not just networking, but resourcefulness. Because I hear so many you know, people talk about network, but what, what they leave out is, or they, they create a perception that you know, they ask and they inquire about a network, but there's a resourcefulness that you just talked about and that you continue to pursue and, and, and peel the layers of your network, whether it was from a friend to your mother to you know, different hiring managers and different colleagues. That's how networks grow and become prosperous and really beneficial to helping you succeed. It takes a personal investment and continued cultivation of a network for it to really thrive and bear fruit rather than simply planting a seed and stepping back and waiting for that to happen. Absolutely. It's, it's really the strength of weak ties. So many people believe, oh, yeah, well, I know this person. Well, that person probably knows a ton of people. And the example that I gave about how I got into Johnson & Johnson, it was the brother-in-law of a Northwestern basketball booster who said, hey, you should take a look at this opportunity. And because he told me I should take a look at it, I took a look at it. Well, this is his brother. This is brother-in-law. So he has quite a bit of influence as it pertains to making sure I get an actual shot. Well, beyond that, my mom's in the pharmaceutical industry, so she could give me industry-specific information. So really, in that scenario, it was the perfect storm for me to end up starting my career in healthcare. Because let's say if it was a different uh, role, the work that I did, it probably wasn't, wouldn't have been enough. Because uh, most people, they don't, they're not gonna have someone that's been in the space for 10 years um, that's in their immediate circle. So for someone that doesn't necessarily have someone that's been in the pharmaceutical industry and uh, they're selling a product that would be competition <laughs> to that individual, the key would be how can I get a wide um, spectrum of perspective on that individual position, on the industry at large, and then beyond that, it's a, continuous, a continual progress that you, we want to really uh, dive deep into each and every month, each and every quarter. And LinkedIn um, and different other or other platforms make that very easy because they tell you this is somebody's milestone, this is somebody's promotion. It's very easy to, to follow and track people's career and keep that dialogue going. Be sure to check back for part two of our conversation. And as always, be sure to subscribe to this channel for all things medical sales.